You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today we're very excited to have a special guest preaching for us for our revival services. Now let's prepare our hearts as our special guest brings forth God's truths from His Word today. James chapter 1, beginning again in verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect, and entire, wanting nothing." If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth, so also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved Brethren, now I'm going to stop there. We won't cover near all of that, but I wanted to read that much to you to kind of put that back in your thinking tonight. Let's pray. Father, we are desperate, as always, for your touch and your power. We stand, Lord, tonight where we dare not attempt to stand alone. We ask, Father, that in this moment you will settle us still our hearts, arrest our attention. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you will be our teacher tonight. We ask, Lord, that you will wield the sharp two-edged sword of your word. And, Father, may it work in such a fashion that our hearts will be receptive and our minds open. And, Lord, that you will break through tonight uh, our uh, hardness of heart And break through, Lord, the barrier of all the things that have accumulated, Lord, in our lives. Whether they be things religious or whether they be things secular. We ask tonight you will break through those barriers and conform us more to the image of Christ our Lord. For we ask in His name and for His sake we pray. Amen. We've been in this chapter since Sunday morning and uh, as I've tried to look at it and study it and pray over it I see the need in my own heart for 
a, a better grip on this passage, a, a better understanding of it. I admitted to you on Sunday morning at the outset that I do not do very well when it comes to verse 2. My brethren count it all joy. And I think every person here would agree that that is our makeup. But nonetheless, we have this scripture before us. So we have to do something with it. We know that God would not give us a command in His Word without at the same time giving us the ability to obey that command. So there is the possibility for us to count it all joy when we fall into a multivariegated, multicolored, all, that's the word, all sorts of temptations and trials. Now, James is writing this to a group of people who for the most part had been put out of their very homes. These people were scattered abroad, he says in verse 1. And he's writing to them and telling them to count it all joy. Now you and I may have gone through some things. All of us I'm sure have. But have you been driven out of your home for the cause of Christ? Have you lost everything because of your stand for the Lord? I haven't. I haven't. As a matter of fact, when I look back over the years, I have to say God has been exceedingly good. Even during the lean times, even during the tough times, even during the tempestuous hours, looking back on those times, I see that God was working something in me that I needed at that particular juncture of my life. So James is writing to these people that have paid the price for their following the Lord Jesus. I have believed for a number of years now that Americans may see in our lifetime something happen in this nation that will divide those who are playing church from those who really mean business with God. I don't want to see it. I don't want my children nor my grandchildren to see it, but yet I fear that we all may see it. Certainly if I don't, I'm almost certain my children will. Remember when 9-11 happened? I do. I was in Charleston, South Carolina down at the old slave market. And we got word that we were under attack. And uh, we were like everyone else. We were glued to the TV for the next several hours. Uh, I went out, filled my car up with gas to make sure I could get at least towards home. Had to sit in line to get gasoline. Did make it back home within a few days. And I remember that next Sunday I saw people in church that I'd never seen in church before. I saw people that I knew personally and they just never went to church, but they were in church that Sunday. And many of them came back the next Sunday, and some of them came back the third, and then they began to fall away. And within a few weeks, they were all gone. They all went back to the old days and the old ways. We saw that things were going to settle down and we were going to live, and America hadn't fallen completely, so it looked like everything's going to hold together, so... You know, Lord, thank you for giving me a little time there, but I'm going to go back to what interests me. 
And uh, sadly, we see a lot of that in the Sunday morning church crowd. And this is across the board, everywhere I've been and everyone I've talked to, most churches we, we have the Sunday morning crowd and then you can just about divide that by 50% for the Sunday night crowd and then divide that by another half and that's usually about the Wednesday night crowd. So, it, and, and this is true whether it's a church of 10,000 or it's a church of 50. It, it seems to hold true across the board. Half Sunday night, what you had Sunday morning, half of Sunday night's crowd comes back on Wednesday night. Now, it tells me, church, that, that we're not really serious about passages of Scripture like this. We, we say, oh, that's, that's good. That's in the Bible. That's the Word of God. That's good. We, we need that, but we're not applying it. It's like a doctor that gives us medicine. A fellow came to me a few years ago, and he was complaining with his stomach. A young guy complaining with his stomach, telling me how bad his stomach hurt. And uh, I said, man, you need to see a doctor. I said, sounds like you may have an ulcer or something. And he kept complaining. I said, did you ever go to the doctor? No. I said, man, go to the doctor. He finally went to the doctor, came in to see me. At, he said, well, he says he thinks I got an ulcer. I said, well, I'm not surprised. He said, uh, uh, I said, did he give you anything? He said, yeah, he wrote me a prescription out. I said, well, do what he tells you. A week or two later went by, and I saw the guy, and I said, so how's the medicine? Doing? Well, I didn't get that prescription filled. I said, then don't you ever come to me and complain about your low-down stomach hurting again. That's dumb. That's dumb. When you hurt and you go somewhere to find out what causes the hurt and they diagnose the case and you're not going to even take the medicine, but that's doubly true in the spiritual realm. When we know we're in trouble and we have the remedy, but we won't do what God says to do. My brethren, the children of God, the saved, the redeemed, the blood washed, those that know they are on the road to heaven, those that have no doubt about the scriptural proof that's before us. They have no argument against the inerrancy of the Bible. They believe in heaven. They believe in a literal hell. They believe in the blood atonement. They believe in the virgin birth. They believe in all the fundamentals of the faith, but they're not applying the word of God that they have. So this, this is where we are in America, coming to verses like this, and, and we say that's good, but Thanks, but no thanks. Now, we've been trying to look, and I, I've given you Warren Wiersbe's little four words that he got out of the scriptures here, and, and you, can't, you can't beat them. Count in verse 2, no in verse 3, let in verse 4, and ask in verse 5. And we're all the way down to that last one, really. And, and, and I want us to just spend a little bit of time here, run back to Hebrews real quickly, and then I'll be done. In verse 5, he says, if any of you lack wisdom, now, if you, lack, if you don't lack wisdom tonight, you're excused. But nobody leave. Because there are none of us tonight that could not use some more wisdom. Now, ask, ask, if any of you lack wisdom, and I say, Lord, that be me. 
let him ask. Isn't that simple? If you lack wisdom, now listen, what is it that you're up against right now and you don't have the answer for it? What is it you're facing? What trial or what temptation? The first half of James chapter 1 deals specifically with trials and then the last half deals specifically with temptations. Trials come from the outside. Temptations work on us from within. And so he's, he's giving us a formula here that, that we can get through these trials and through the temptations with a joyful attitude. If we apply scripture, if we take the scriptural antidote to the malady that works in us, and that's our sin nature, and if you're a child of God tonight and you're walking around in a body of flesh, you still have a propensity to sin. You have as a child of God the potential to do anything you ever did before God saved you. Don't forget that because if you fail to mix that into the equation, you're going to mess up somewhere down the road. You'll feel like, and I sometimes hear preachers say, you know, this don't bother me and that don't bother me. And, and, and I'm telling you, you're looking at a weak, weak human being tonight. There's a lot of things bother me. A lot of things bother me. My, my flesh still gets stirred. I'm not a man given to anger, but I can get mad. I'm not a man who feels like I don't think I'm impatient, but I can get impatient. Uh, there's there's a, a thousand and one things in this world that's always throwing an arrow at me, just like it is at you. I'm not nearly as afraid of the devil as I am of Dwight Kaufman. He's the fellow I have to look at He's always lingering. See, I can't get away from him. He's always there. And just when I think that maybe he's beginning to get tamed down a little bit, something will happen, and all of a sudden the old man starts trying to crawl off the altar. That living sacrifice that I have dedicated to the service of God decides it's got a mind of its own still and it's going to do what it wants to do. And if I fight that, everybody here fights it. We're all made out of the same stuff. So he's giving us the antidote for what ails us if we'll take it. And so he says... I want you to, if you are lacking in wisdom and if you do not know what the answer is to your particular problem, he says do the simplest thing you can do. Ask of God that giveth to all men, how? Liberally and upbraideth not. That old English word there means that he's not going to castigate you. He's not going to find fault with you. He's not going to say, well, you don't deserve that. And you don't. I don't. But God's never going to bring that up. God's never going to say, why should I spend any time with you? Why should I do anything for you? Look how you've treated me. He doesn't do that. Hallelujah that he doesn't. 
Do you know that the prodigal would have never gotten out of the pig pen if he hadn't have come to be in want? He wanted, he needed some things. He did not have the basic necessities of life taken care of. And when once he was living high on the hog and now he's living with the hog. And here he is now wanting just some of the old pods, some of the husk that the swine did eat, and he makes up this plan in his mind. But listen, don't discount God. Count, remember our first word on Sunday morning, put this into the equation and calculate it. God was doing something in the heart of that young man down there in the pig pen. And he began to think about his situation and the desperation of the hour. And he said, I'll arise and go to my father. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Now, you're, you're dirty right now, young man. You're wallowing in the muck and the mire. You can't be around hogs and not smell like hogs. You ever rode in a pig farmer's truck, you know what I'm talking about. Don't ever buy a used pig farmer's truck. You'll not like that, I'll guarantee you. Now, I didn't do it, but I know a man that did. And uh, you get that smell in that thing, it's not coming out. Just something about pig, I'm telling you, it's just something about it. But listen, this fellow had the smell of the hog pen on him, he had the mire on him, he had all the characteristics of a hopeless case, but in his heart, God had used that trial to cause him to say, I know what I need to do. I don't deserve it, but I'm going to arise and get up out of here, and I'm going to go back home and see Dad. And he makes up this long story that he's going to tell his dad, but you know that, and you've heard it from better preachers than me. He won't even get any of that spill out. You know why? The old dad is standing there looking down the road, waiting every day for that boy to come back. And one day he sees a little speck on the horizon and he runs. That's an undignified thing for an old man to do. I don't run. If you see me running, there'll be something big after me, I guarantee you. I'm not, I'm not a runner. My body's like a, it's, it's more like I guess you'd call it a Lincoln. It's built for comfort, not for speed. So I don't run. And old men don't run well anyway. Old men, when they try to run, they look silly. They look goofy. They don't have the coordination of a young man. They don't have it all together. They look like they're all arms and legs, and they're just going every which way. But this old fella laid aside his dignity, and he ran to meet the boy. And the Bible says he fell on his neck. And that boy started to say something, and he said, Hey, boys, go kill the fatted calf. My boy's home. I want to show you there is a demonstration of the Father's love for you. Don't ever think tonight that you've gone so far and been so deep and steeped in sin that God looks at you and holds you at an arm's distance. He's saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. You're looking for rest and you're looking for love in all of the wrong places, the songwriter said. But I'm telling you, you'll find what you've been longing for at the foot of the cross. Now, Ask. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men. How again? Liberally. Now, most of y'all, I think, up here can relate to this because mother's love is universal. Have you ever had a mama that grew a garden and tomatoes had come in? Or cucumbers had come in. 
the garden's coming in. And, and maybe you didn't grow one that particular year or whatever and you're by mama's house. And she says, could you use a few tomatoes? Well, yeah, Mom, I, I could use a couple. Now, is she going to bring me two tomatoes? Never. I never asked Mama for a couple of tomatoes and got a couple of tomatoes. Ever. Ever. Oh, you can use more than that. No, Mom, two will be fine. They'll run. They'll run if you give me much more than that. They'll lay on the counter and they're already dead ripe. We just, a couple will be fine, Mom. You know what she's going to do? I can see her now coming in there with her apron full. Well, you'll find something to do with them. You, you use them somehow. Give them to somebody else if you don't use them. You know what she's doing? She's giving to me liberally. She's giving me above and beyond what I've asked for even above and beyond what I need or maybe what I can use. And God, he's not giving us anything in a wasteful way, but when you simply say, Lord, I need wisdom, he says, oh man, have I got some for you. And he's got more for you than you even need, and we need a lot. And when the trial comes, as the fellow in the hog pen learned, the trial will drive you as a child of God to prayer. And anything that drives you to prayer in the end of the day is a good thing. Anything that drives you to the feet of Jesus is a good thing. Anything that gets our attention off of the things of this world and causes us to look heavenward is a good thing. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all men liberally. I wonder tonight what would happen if all of us that are here that are lacking in wisdom really just now, you say, well, I'm not sure I know how to pray in such a fashion that God would hear me, preacher. I can't pray like the pastor. I can't pray like Dr. No-No. I can't pray like whoever. Where'd you ever get an idea that you had to pray a certain way for God to hear you? Some people almost develop a prayer voice. Do you ever hear that? I, I heard a fellow one time, he was in a meeting, he said he sat with this old boy all morning and uh, they got up and went to lunch and they sat and talked. They didn't know each other and they sat and they talked for a while, got to know each other a little bit and said they got back in there that afternoon and the moderator called on this fellow that was sitting beside my friend to pray. And he said, man, he said, he started praying. And he said, I have to admit, said, I opened my eyes and looked. He said, I peeped. I thought that wasn't the same guy. He said, man, I never heard such a voice come out of a guy. He said, weird sounding. And he said, I couldn't help it. He said, after the services that night, I said, I asked him, I said, brother, I got to ask you something. He said, what was the deal when you prayed? He said, what do you mean? He said, well, your voice was so different. And the fellow said, oh, brother, that's my prayer voice. Well, that's pretty dumb. That's pretty dumb. Because I'm going to tell you, you don't have to develop a prayer voice or a prayer, prayer vocabulary. Let me tell you why and I'm done. Did you ever see a mother busy, busy with the cares of the day? She got a little newborn infant laying in there in the bassinet. That infant is just a few weeks old has zero vocabulary, 
can't even say mama or dada yet. All it can do is one thing. Well, it can do a couple of things, but one thing that it can do to get mama's attention. You know what it is? Cry. Cry. Now, has that baby got to cry in a particular voice? Has that baby got to cry in a particular way? No, all it has to do is just cry. Does he have to beg mama to come? Does he have to keep on to get mama? No, the mother that loves that child hears the whimper of that baby in the bassinet and immediately her mind is on the needs of that child and she goes over and she meets the needs of that child as only a mother can. Do you think God loves you less than the mama loves that baby tonight? If you have any inkling of needing wisdom tonight, ask God. This is Christianity 101. If any man or woman or boy or girl, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. And he'll give it to you in heaping overabundant supply. Why is it we Use prayer as a last resort instead of a first recourse. Prayer is not always all about asking, but I'll have to tell you asking is a big part of it. Because God wants you to understand that you need Him. He doesn't need you. He doesn't have to have me. God can get along just like He was doing good before I came along. He was doing good before you came along. He was doing all right before Adam came on the scene, wasn't he? But God in his omniscience has allowed mankind to be a part of the plan and he's going to fellowship with us forever in eternity. I'd like to preach on that tomorrow night if the Lord will help me. We, 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 we think about eternity and then I don't think we give it enough thought. We've been singing about it a lot tonight. But everybody here that has any need for wisdom, if you would ask, you've got the promise of God. He said, I'll give you liberally what you need, and I won't upbraid you about it. I won't find fault with you. I won't tell you how low down you are. I won't tell you how undeserving you are. He said, just ask me. He wants you to depend on him. Is that so hard? Why do we have such a struggle with that? Why do I still struggle with that, preaching this, knowing this? Why do I still make that mistake that you make? And, and rather than running to God and saying, Lord, I need wisdom from you, I'll say, let's see, now what am I going to do right here? How am I going to work through this? What, now what plan of action have I got right here? What do I need to do? When I need to be saying, Lord, I need wisdom that help the great majority of people here tonight if you'd ask God for the wisdom for what's facing you. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at 
at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.